So business development, when I talk about business development, I'm talking about rainmaking. I'm talking about creating opportunities to create coaching opportunities for yourself, you know, to create opportunities to do the work that you love and that you're good at with the right kind of qualified candidates for clients. And qualified candidates you might define in many different ways depending on your coaching niche. Um, but typically a qualified candidate is somebody who um, believes in the value of the coaching process, someone who can afford to pay for the coaching process, someone who isn't seeking therapy and calling it coaching, you know, someone who understands that distinction. Um, so, I, so when I'm talking about rainmaking, creating coaching opportunities, I, I'm going to call that business development. And I know that a lot of our colleagues call that marketing, you know, going and getting clients. They call that marketing. But I define marketing as a much narrower subset of that. Um, marketing by itself is everything that you do in preparation for getting ready to go to market. So it's creating a corporate identity. It's having business cards. It's having a website. It's you know figuring out how you're going to put words behind what you're offering to the marketplace. Um, anything that you do that involves writing articles or speaking engagements, getting the word out there about your services, that's marketing. And that's one subset of business development. There's also networking, which is another subset of business development. And networking is anything that you do in relationship, anything that you do to create connections with people. Anytime you are connecting people with each other, um, referrals are part of networking. Anytime you're connecting people with information or people with resources or anytime you're meeting people or getting to know people or any kind of human connection, human interaction, that's networking. And then sales is, a, is an entirely different distinct set of activities that goes along with networking and marketing. And those are specifically when you are having a meeting with a human being who is qualified to purchase your services and you ask them to purchase your being that you ask them. <laughs> That's what makes it a sales activity. So it's when you use all three of those things, networking and marketing and sales, and use them all together that you hit that sweet spot that Pam is referring to where you can seal the deal. So what I'd love to do is just stop with that introduction and open it up to everybody and see what, well, what you heard in that that you might want to talk more about or if there's a specific question that you might have because I want this call to be meaningful for everyone on it, and, um, and I don't have a particular agenda of what to cover, so I'm, I'd love to just answer your questions or if, if there's a particular challenge that you're facing with your own business development that we explore that together. That's great. Anybody have a, a comment or question based on the sweet spot? Let me this ask about Bill Lindbergh, and do you have a time horizon associated with Elements sometimes, you know, in terms of a payback or investment that you make. Well, I, there, that's a great question because the sales cycle, the process of sales, just the sales piece of it, without the networking and the marketing piece, right. can take anywhere from six months to two years, depending on who you are and how effectively you lined up the networking and marketing pieces of it before you start the sales activities. So. Um, just networking, I'll give you an example. I work with a lot of attorneys, and attorneys are actually taught that it'll take them seven years from the time they finish law school until the time when they're actually generating revenue on their own as, a, as an attorney. And they're taught that because what they call rainmaking is um, basically networking. So 
seven years of just networking is about how long it would take you to get business from, you know, just networking if you weren't doing any, if you didn't have any marketing materials and if you weren't asking people to buy your services, the sales piece of it. Does that answer your question? It does. And there are ways to shorten that. Yes. You know, by lumping all three together. That's exactly the point. Because in seven years, a person could get hungry in seven years. <laughs> yeah. Unless your yeah. uncle is providing yeah, and so that's just it. You know, networking by itself works great. It just takes a really long time. Marketing by itself works great. It just takes a really long time. Sales by itself works great. doesn't take quite as long, but still takes a much longer time than if you're doing all three of them at the same time and ongoingly. And, and Susie, I suspect that it's true that, that we all have our inclinations yes. and, and that most of us are not uh, adept on all in all three of these areas. Is that what you find? Yes. And in, in fact, what I find, the biggest thing, and I think the biggest reason why I wrote the book, it, is because um, so much of what we do in, our, in coaching and consulting is that we're helping people. We're in a helping profession. And somehow we have mindsets about how you get the business, the sales piece of it. We have mindsets about that that are less than positive. They're not so much about helping people. Um, and so... But I found that the only way I could really embrace sales for me was to ha to shift my own mindset around having it be another expression of how I help people. So when I line it up, when I line up my mindsets about sales with my mindsets about why I'm a coach, then I find that it's much easier to delve into the process than it is if I have it wired up like, you know, I'm just trying to force myself on them or I'm just trying to push them to do something they don't want to do, How, you know, all the stories we tell ourselves. Marsha Bramwick, could you tell us, just sort of go through um, a sales pitch, for example. I think you're absolutely right. I think asking for the order is very difficult. And um, are there certain ideas that you say, there are certain things that you want to uh, impart that can make the less, uh, less uncomfortable with asking for the order, it's almost like I always feel like I'm asking for charity if I ever ask anybody uh, for a seat for anything that I give them. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's a very interesting perspective. Um, feeling like you're asking for charity or asking for a handout by asking them to pay for your services. Part of the reason is, is that I'm, I'm sort of I'm sort of a teacher and I give a lot of what I know away for free. So it feels for me to ask for money for something that I think is uh, kind of a little bit of God's work. I just want to know how to think about it and maybe how to say it. Yeah, it, well, okay. <laughs> That's complicated. Um, there's, it, it, it's very subtle because uh, part of what I say in terms of how you do the sales conversation is that the sales conversation is a conversation. It's not a pitch. I don't believe in the pitch because the pitch to me is you're throwing something at the other person. That's a pitch. Um, and, and I I don't feel comfortable doing that either. I, I don't go and do pitches. I don't come prepared with a pitch to present to people. Um, but I do come prepared with questions, much as I would prepare for a coaching conversation. And I come prepared with questions that guide the sales conversation from a coach approach, so from a questioning stance and from a helping mindset. Um, and and pretty much that comes from just doing, getting into it the only way that I felt comfortable. You know, I love coaching. I enjoy the, the 
Socratic method involved in coaching and why can't sales work that way too was my initial question to myself. And when I found that it does, and not only does it work, it works really well, it, it, it was a big veil lifted for me. And that's part of the premise of the book too is that it, it really is about shifting our mindsets and valuing what we have to offer so much so that we, we're confident that what we're offering is a valuable service it's something that will be helpful, and you know, even if it is God's work, God wants you to eat. <laughs> you know, there's it, it's it's about getting our heads in a place where it works for each of us as an individual. Where it, and I would one one way to do this is for everyone to kind of look for yourself about why did you become a coach in the first place? What attracted you to coaching? Um, what's meaningful to you about the coaching work that you do? And to sit in that place when you're in a sales conversation and to have it be a conversation that you design much the way you would design a coaching conversation. But the purpose of it is to find out at the end of the conversation if you two are right to work together in a coaching engagement. So it's an exploration. It's an inquiry. It's not a pitch from my perspective. A pitch is I'm coming in, I'm giving you something, I'm throwing something at you, you either catch it or you don't. 